Welcome to the AI Generated Podcast. I'm your human host, Izzy. I'm a computer science and audio engineering student. And I'm Kelsey. <laughs> and Kelsey is a um, thermostat engineer. So she goes around to people's houses and sets the thermostat just how they like it. That's literally what Jared does, my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that's his job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's his, that's his job. A lot of his job is like, a psychological oh, uh, oh it's warm in here i promise <laughs> <laughs> doesn't well, it feel like, so warm in here like people will think that turning the thermostat to 50 degrees will like make it cool down faster when they like don't have air conditioning or whatever you know I, I so silly or like they'll think it's broken because it's like in and off cycle which just like your your heating isn't on all the time, um, so he deals with a lot of stuff like that. It's very silly, extremely silly. The the <laughs> public is a extremely silly population. We're being held against our will by a multinational corporation who won't let us go until we've taught their AI American popular culture. This week, in hope of freeing ourselves, we have given the AI all of stuff you should know. The AI generated podcast has been synchronously composed by a number of intelligent computer programs designed to mimic the tone of a data set of texts. This internet radio show seeks to harness this technology for meaningless tasks. Yeah. Kelsey, I'm a big stuff you should know fan. Do you listen to the podcast? No, I don't think so. It's so good. It's these two guys, and they've done like over a thousand episodes now. They're they're old school podcasters. Yeah, it says they've been on since two thousand and eight, which is kind of when podcasting was like invented. Yeah, yeah. that's those are early game people for sure. Um, they've been doing this forever. And then they they actually had a TV show. Stuff you should what? know. Uh, yeah, full length TV show aired in in 2013 what network was it on it was on the science channel which um a lot of people don't get i don't get the science channel yeah that's too bad i should watch that yeah they're great so it's chuck and what's what's the other guy josh chuck and josh that's right and and josh says chuck's name all the time but (laughs) it doesn't go the other way around chuck doesn't say josh's name so but the line (laughs) is like what do you think about that chuck (laughs) That's so cute. They're extremely cute, and they are wicked smart. Um, and they just do everything. So they do like how they do everything from history. It's like a general purpose, like knowledge education show. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to uh, their most recent episode on introverts and extroverts. It was it was good. What they have to say about introverts and extroverts. Oh, you know, that it's not real, which is stuff that I've been hearing that more and more lately that like no one is really, most people are somewhere in the middle of an introvert, an extrovert, uh, if you're like a healthy, normal adult. It's just more about like where you get, where you prefer to get stimulation from. Like, do you prefer to get it from an external source with like a lot of people around you or do you prefer to get it from like an internal source with like your own stuff around the house or whatever it is funny when science tries to put life into 
little uh, boxes. Binary, they were also saying that line. on their show. Yeah, they were like, this is just psychology trying to make all of humanity fit into like one specific formula. Like, checkbox. If you're check like box. this, you're like this. If you're like that, you're like that. It's like, no, not really. I. I go from like being too shy to talk to someone behind a counter to like teaching, you know, college classes in front of like dozens of students. Like it's it's all like a balance and like how much energy you have and what you're willing to do that day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also where you are and what the power relationship is, et cetera. Like when you're a professor, like they're there to listen to you versus like. Yeah. Uh, countertop you're like there's the risk that maybe they're not gonna like you maybe they're not gonna <laughs> you know yeah yeah or maybe i'll just be like really awkward the whole time <laughs> i don't know um i guess that could happen in both situations i actually i've been a teacher for a long time um and i do still get nervous before like lectures and stuff um which some of my students are surprised by but it's still public speaking. I like it, but my heart rate is normally increased at the beginning of a class as like opposed to the end of a class by the time I'm more comfortable. Do you get nervous before we record our show? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Maybe. I definitely get nervous like at the beginning of like a live stream, but maybe this feels a little oh. different because like I know it's going to be edited. Yeah, and also, yeah, right, right. You've got me to come. Like, so if you say anything wrong, like, I'm I'm right there. Yeah. Like, getting rid of that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, there's, so there's a take back option. <laughs> this is very much the flavor of their podcast. It actually is oh, really... Oh, yeah, it is. Actually. It really is, yeah. It's good that we're, like, we're kind of, we're getting our Chuck and Josh on a little bit here. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, and it, I thought it was really thought-provoking what they were saying on the show, too. So, My brother has listened to, I think, all of them. Wow. 1,000. That's crazy. One. So all the stuff that you should know, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> That's really impressive. And he's a high school student. Yeah, so he hasn't had so that long. Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> Where does he go from here? <laughs> there's no more stuff that he should know <laughs> all right are we so gonna the, switch off this time yes Sorry. we yes so i'll be so here's the deal was in the transcripts that i was using they didn't have chuck and josh's names on them so we'll okay. just have to we'll each take one speaker and we'll just run with it okay well yeah we'll just switch off yeah and then the okay if you are familiar with stuff you should know you can let us know who you think is who yes that's exactly right which line is who's yeah (laughs) who is josh and who is is chuck today we're talking about coldplay we're talking about the band that makes you feel like you are actually at a live performance climbing over things mindless ecstatic like in your heart i got it i saw the band live and it was right before i made the decision not to be a heart surgeon (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not a good band but they like Greta Garbo, you know, died as they didn't like get the money found out she wasn't going to be the heart surgeon. And she was like, you know, I'll go to Hollywood and you can go back to cutting heart out of other people. I mean, she did like get her like Rocky Horror Picture Show treatment. She died in character. Like, yeah, exactly. For instance, she was like, that's not my blood kissing at you, kissy face. (laughs) 
Yeah, I was just about your face. Yeah. And then if you still want to be a heart surgeon, see the episode about cardiac surgery. <laughs> <laughs> it's in our back catalog. <laughs> Sorry. Then the band that is the biggest in the world today over the last couple of years, in fact, definitely solid bets are that it's Coldplay from England. <laughs> they're around. And there, I'm just going to say them. <laughs> yeah, they're the only <laughs> band to win two Grammy Awards, which is the Grammy equivalent of being the best band in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's one person's take on it, but I'm sure there are a lot of other people out there who agree that they're the best band in the world. <laughs> and I think a lot of that is rooted in the fact that there's like a nostalgia element to it. They just have a really broad, that's cool, that's great. But there's also like, you know, they just bring you back to the golden age of music when bands were just songwriting and really sort of wrapped up into one. Yeah, I mean, that means a lot when you're a kid in the 2000s who loves music. So yeah, they did win two Grammy Awards. Like, they're amazing. This one was nonsensical. Oh yeah, what level of the AI did you use? Like, it didn't even make English sense. It didn't make English sense. This was the next to best one, which has produced some really good results Is before. that reflective of, like, because... So is this ripped from the audio? It's a machine transcription, but the machine transcription is good. Like, it... it oh, I was okay, it, it. it makes sense. It makes so sense, So it's yeah. not reflective of the transcription. Yeah. All of this nonsense. I really liked, they're the only band to win two Grammy Awards, which is the Grammy equivalent of being the best band in the world. That was genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's look up how many the most, who has won the most Grammy Awards. Not even close to, like, it's like 20 It's probably like 25 it's like tw or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious, because I, I don't know a lot about, um, oh, I don't know who George Salty is, but he's won 31 followed by Quincy Jones, and then Beyonce has won 28. That's so crazy that the person who's won the most, like, I don't know who they are. And I What do they do? Um, he's a Hungarian, British orchestral and operatic conductor. Oh, conductor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend Jack was taking a conducting class, and I thought he is go he's getting his master's in music. And I thought it was hilarious that he had to buy a stick for class. I was like, I was like the stick, show me the stick. And the conducting was, baton. Yeah, like the conducting baton. Um, like he basically had to buy a magic wand for that yeah. class. And like they have to practice with it. Oh my gosh, I think it's so cute. And then I was talking to a student at UMass who took a conducting class because she was a music major, but she took it online and they were trying to what? get her to buy like a $75 stick. And she was like, no. <laughs> to never <laughs> actually conduct an actual orchestra. <laughs> yeah, because it was like during the pandemic. So she, she bought like a cheap version of the stick. I think you could go outside, pick up a stick, and that would do the trick for your online Zoom I conducting. I'm sorry. I don't mean to disparage the art of conducting, but you it doesn't seem spatula. like the shape of the stick should affect it very much. But I don't yeah, know. You could use you could use a chopstick, a spatula. You could use like an empty printer cartridge or something. They all work. An empty printer. That's a square shape. Yeah. Anyway, this one was excellent. Okay, so this next prompt is, today I couldn't get my vacuum to turn on. That's correct. Today I couldn't get my vacuum to turn on. 
Here's my daughter's brand new mini vacuum. <laughs> vacuum. And it was saying that I need a Wi-Fi connection to turn it on. And I looked <laughs> at my phone. Like I said, my phone batteries were dead as well. And I don't have wireless or anything on my boat right now. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, how come we're hearing things? We're just following the bad signal, the bad vacuum. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's the result of a lot of the bad signal and bad vapors. I think they've actually looked into this. Essentially, if you have bad vacuum and you're living in a small area or even a large area where there's a really bad vacuum, the way that signal is made, the radio is made. It's creating a negative signal in the area because it's interfering with itself as it tries to make its way to your little area. And it just makes everybody else have weird senseless delusions. Yeah, we think it's actually got... Yeah. What? <laughs> The sentence is so bad. You, you got it. You got it. Yeah, we, I think it's actually got, it's actually been looked at by both NASA and by the Pentagon too. NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration said, yeah, that makes sense. But the Pentagon said, that's not possible. They said that the way radios work, you wouldn't even be able to hear your own radio signal in another area like that. Everybody around you would just be oblivious. So they were denying it. But apparently there are a handful of companies that make radios, some of which are known as ass-starch radios because they've got, like, really bad signal. Some of the most famous starch radio ma makers are actually the Russians. So they're like, well, there really aren't other options. Yeah, like, just the way, like, technology works, it's totally backwards. Yeah, it's all backwards. And then they were... <laughs> and then they were they 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 were they were being April Fools on the Pentagon, which I think we all know usually happens. April Fools is when you trick people at the <laughs> Pentagon out of their money, and then you try to pretend like it was something else, and then it was the opposite of that too, right? <laughs> so we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> These are so bad. How are they so bad? I don't understand what's wrong with this one. It really doesn't make any sense at all. Both of these have been nonsense. I do like a starch radio. I realize now that that's what it's trying to say. Not a starch, but a starch radio, I think. But I don't think that's anything. And I think that's, that's not up. anything either. Unless it's a potato radio, which could be a thing. <laughs> Just remember, brand new mini vacuum. If you have bad oh, vacuum... Cube was at the beginning of this and one. You're that living was in a small so area. funny. So okay, so let's get the gist of this invention. The vacuum is a vacuum that needs a Wi-Fi connection. And if you're living in a small area where there's no where there's a really bad vacuum, the way that signal is made, the radio is made. It's creating a negative <laughs> signal in your area yeah, because that's it's interfering with its yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. This sounds like like listening to someone on hallucinogens trying to describe the way. Well, and then works. it does say that in the middle. It says, and it just makes everybody else have a weird, senseless delusions. <laughs> yeah, like, delusions. Yeah. The most famous starch radio makers are actually the Russians. It's like complete, yeah, nonsense. I like it. <laughs> I really like it a lot. What do you think the meaning of life is, Chuck? So, there's a lot of theories. One is that life is a test, right? And that basically, we're put on this earth, like to prove we can survive. Yeah. And if we can't, then it's over for us. 
That sounds about right. But the whole purpose of life is to prove that we can survive. Yeah. And then there's another theory, I think, from Errol Bruce. I'm sorry, from Carl Sagan. (laughs) (laughs) And he was an astronomer. (laughs) And he said life has a point. It has a purpose, but not just for survival. It's for evolution, that we evolve to better ourselves and our species. That's when Sagan believed in evolution. For sure. Biodiversity is good for evolution. Yeah. And that's what's called the Burgess Shale. And the idea was that if you look at these fossils that were found in the... And they must have been thousands of years old, right? They are just solid rock, basically. But yet there are these sea creatures, these sloping things and shapes. Just amazing. Yeah, they are. Along with insects so big that some of them were just snapped in half by the size and size of the antenna and the legs. And you can liken that to big men, just like big men. <laughs> yeah, like walking around that have antenna that are just huge. And their legs are just like, I mean, there's a fireman parade in that field museum in Illinois. The Burgess Shale, like. Yeah. You see, those guys are making a living. And the theory is, is that we can see evolution and speciation because these things have started evolving but died out. Yeah, you know, I think Carl Sagan, from man's point of view, was based on evolution. And that's what gives us our purpose, you know, as an evolutionist, right? And it's not just like surviving, but like when there's more than one of us, what's the point of that? And then another theory is that we're just a computer program. (laughs) Wow, this one was really good. It was like really on topic the whole time. On topic and yet not on topic. Yeah, because they started talking about like fossils in the middle there and a fireman's parade in a field museum in Illinois. But overall, they were talking about what the meaning of life was, which is interesting to get a computer's perspective on that. Well, I was hoping <laughs> we would get something. Well, you know, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide, like the... Mm, yeah, I was hoping we get something like that, but I, I like this too. <laughs> we haven't, we aren't quite at the level of deep thought. Um, that's the computer in Hitchhiker's Guide, uh, who is a whole world. We got to do a Hitchhiker's Guide episode. Oh, I love that idea. <laughs> I love those books so much. They're so important to me. <laughs> Today we're talking about sex in space. That's the prompt. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to make light of it or trivialize it, but I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, millions of people watch us on TV every night and are completely fascinated with every little thing involving sexual these days. So, I mean, I don't even know if they're... Like, it might become a thing, especially if we were on our way back to Earth, where we have to share that space with other people. It might just become a thing. Like, I know it's probably not a super sex. The super sex thing is they can say that these people sexing in space is the largest ever held concurrently. Sure. Yeah. And there's got to be a lot of record. Oh, yeah. It's going to be. I mean, you know what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, not a big deal. I think you're going to have to read more about it. I think we found the love line thing. Yeah. I know. It's kind of like when you've been dating for a long time and it's just not going well. Maybe. Yeah. And you both get some advice from a sex therapist who looks like a 50-year-old baby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it helps you get past this hump. Yeah. A lot of people send it to their spouses or longtime partners, you know? It's like, here. Like, this is our way of helping you have better sex, you know? Or at least as good as it can be, right? (laughs) You know, I can't think of any contemporary examples. Maybe if you've got any, let us know. 
Yeah, I think this is a good segue into the religion part of this show. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I don't know if Joss is going to care about this, but we're talking about SpaceX. Okay, yeah. And Chuck and I have been, talked about it before. Yeah, I don't know. There's probably some religious people out there who... I know. It doesn't matter to us. It's not going to bother us at all. But they might care. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good segue to our religious part of the show. Oh, my God. That's so funny. (laughs) I think that's supposed to be a joke. I think they're Yeah, that makes sense. It's a joke. That's a good joke. (laughs) It is a good joke. get into Christian preaching, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I liked this one. It's funny. I don't know what they're talking about, but it's good. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. SpaceX. It's probably not a super sex. <laughs> <laughs> it probably not, honestly. <laughs> super sex is a proper noun. It's capitalized. You know NASA claims that um, no one's ever had sex in space. They. That's what they claim. That's what they claim. No way. Uh, yeah, I Not know. <laughs> We're talking about humans here. Humans. Humans in space together in close quarters. So do they have... Do they It has to have happened. No way. Do they have cameras <laughs> at all times? Or, well, that's I'm what sure. I wonder. I think they kind of do. So I don't know. <laughs> well, what are they going to say? Like, NASA's not going to say, like... They're going to publish it. They're not going to publish it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting really raunchy. Oh my god. <laughs> you do wonder if there's like a folder on a NASA computer somewhere that's just like all the videos under encryption. Both the, the, of the astronauts zipped into the same hammock. <laughs> the same spacesuit. That's a good bit. How often do you shower, Chuck? No idea. I was thinking more like, do you do some kind of thing where the FBI thinks, you know, that the only bathroom that the killer or the person who's committing this or the person who's planning this might be using is probably this grungy, nasty place where you're showering on top of, like not even making it feel any better? I was going with showers. I am going to go with showers. I shower. I like to shower. We're not done. There's more people. There's more people who don't. Okay, people who don't. So you see, we have a lot of people out there who don't shower. A lot of people. More than you think. I thought that this was a very good point. (laughs) And that means, Chuck, that you should look at this from the point of view of a person who doesn't actually shower. Like, say if you're on a mission to sort of kill people, you're sort of like... Like hitting the hay and I'll save aftershave and like all that stuff. Like, are you doing anything literally well enough to appear to even a casual observer that you're optimum health? Or would it just make you even more obvious? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, sounds like very good thinking from a logical standpoint, Chuck. So, you know, the FBI, they spent a lot of time figuring (laughs) this out. But the FBI, as smart as they are, they didn't get it all wrong. Like they said, this person is taking a shower. And we see this really interesting thing about serial killers and showering is that there's actual psychological study about why they shower, which I think is pretty interesting as a person who does shower. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're going to get to that. So get comfortable. Sure. So I've been hearing some stuff. Like if you look at the psyche of some of these people, they've actually said that they have very strong washing impulses that they can't control which is actually how you get a type of, I mean, there's a lot of different types of psychopathology. Fascistic psychopathy is fascistic. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm giving up on this. I I cannot read this last one. (laughs) So this is kind of interesting. 
All right. Ta- if you well, take I talked the- about shower, and then they're talking about serial. If if, if you take the shower, FBI out of it, like it's there about is probably killer. this impression that like a serial killer would be like living in like a really grungy place and like showering in this really grungy place, or maybe not showering or like not giving a fuck what they looked like. But yeah, maybe serial killers are like really clean. Maybe they love to shower. So they're talking about whether or not serial killers like to shower. Yeah, and what and and actually they have some kind of evidence that serial killers actually love showering. Because if you look at the psyche of some of these people, they have said that they have very strong washing impulses that they can't control. <laughs> oh my god. So they did do an episode on serial killers, which I don't think was part of the training data, but it's a great episode. Or it was an episode on I'm sorry, not it was on psychopaths or sociopaths. Oh, or Yeah. And about how the actual kind of brain chemistry and the psychology and the psycho Really? Like what what happens what happens in the brain cuz like a sociopath is a real psychological condition where you can't yeah. em- you don't have any empathy. Like you can't yeah. empathize with other people. And they said that like a lot of world leaders have tendencies towards sociopathology right because they like they can't they prioritize themselves over other people and they make decisions that are self-serving yeah they've given every president like these psychological evaluations i guess as part of like a study for a long time and they said that Mm -hmm. most presidents have had sociopathological like tendencies well yeah to make it to president to make it to be a president yeah 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 you'd have to be out for yourself yeah and the other thing the other thing they <laughs> you, talked how about often was, do you think they shower the president I, I don't know who, Pretty who, often. who showered least which of our presidents was in the modern dirtiest? presidents because i'm sure those those 1700s presidents they i'm sure they stank it was hot they were in those wigs taft got a custom bathtub made for himself famously he was definitely clean yeah he took baths so <laughs> he's he's in the clear but you're right probably george washington our smelliest president probably of modern presidents i really i really have to say i i think trump probably smells <laughs> yeah there's no of, way he smells of good. course he does i i do i agree he smells like something for sure <laughs> like cheap aftershave yeah exactly like a completely choking cologne. That's kind of how I imagine it. Or B.O., one or the other. Sorry. <laughs> well, Chuck and Josh, I hope we did you we hope we did you good here. We like your show. Even though it was pretty much nonsense <laughs> the entire way through. Pretty much straight nonsense front to back. We gotta get them on the podcast to interpret. Maybe they that's would be right. able to make more Maybe sense. They, of it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Hit yeah. us up. Chuck and Josh. <laughs> This has been AI-generated podcast. What do we say? You can follow us. <laughs> you can follow us at AI-generated pod on all social media. And our email is theaigeneratedpodcast at gmail.com. Kelsey and I did the data collection for today's episode, and I did the processing and model training. I also produced the show and wrote the music. Ellie Baker and I designed the thumbnail. Thank you to Chuck and Josh for having such a a long-running and influential podcast. Thanks to all the people over at OpenAI working on GPT-3 for making the API we use on the show. 
This show was unwillingly solicited by our corporate overlords at Dover Demon Incorporated.